0: Amen. I wonder if we can put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning. Come on. How many love Him? How many worship Him? Praise Him? God's done so many awesome things. Amen. You may be seated. How many just came to church today ready to just give some praise to God? And, amen. Right. And just Thanksgiving. I like what uh, Anthony shared today. I really was encouraged by that. How many just were encouraged by that? Amen. Just, uh, just that short nugget of truth. It was so powerful. For all of us today, wanted to say a great big welcome to everybody who's joining us, both here and if you're new with us, we just want to say a great big hello, and we uh, hope to get to know you a little bit and you get to know us. But also those joining us online, I know there's some people that are watching online that normally come here on Sunday and they can't, they're they're having fun elsewhere, and so we just wanted to say a great big God bless you, and uh, hopefully that something we share today or that's done or said encourages you in your faith and really helps you find the Lord and uh, really discover His truth. And so uh, we want to do our best to really make you feel welcome and at home. And if we haven't done that, uh, you know, please let us know. But uh, really, we we just kind of really... Make an effort here in our church to just be friendly. So we hope that you really find it a friendly place here today and uh, where you can really worship God and feel comfortable. I've been to some churches and uh, I I felt God, but I didn't feel welcome. And we don't want that to happen to you today. How many of you just can lift your hand to heaven and say, God's good, man. God is good. God is moving in my life. And whether I see it or not, I know God is doing something amazing. And uh, we're hearing some reports about how God's moving in people's lives. And it's really good. You know, uh, I really love living in Pennsylvania, and it's so great to live in this state. Uh, so many good things are happening. In fact, just the other day, uh, I think our uh, we added a species to our wildlife list. Uh, apparently monkeys now are going to be living in Pennsylvania. I don't know if you heard that report, but do some research on it. Um, yeah, yeah, there's the white-tailed deer and the black black bear, and there's a monkey in the tree. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we uh, handle that. And uh, But uh, we didn't need monkeys. We already have a bunch uh, in our state. So I think, uh, amen, all right, amen. But uh, the Lord is good. And uh, how many of you just today said, I, I really came to hear a word from the Lord, just something God wanted to speak to me today? Amen. And hopefully I can um, just, God can... Use me in that way just that God would speak through us. And that's kind of what we hope that God would just speak to you today through his word. And uh, so let's just pray today and ask the Lord to bless our time together. Father, we thank you so much that, Lord, we've just come to this time and this service, Lord, and, and we've just made this time for you to get into your word. And I, I thank you, Lord, that when we get into your word, the Bible, it gets into us. And there's just something amazing that happens because you said that your word is both spirit and it is life. It's alive. And so we, we read it today not as a historical book, prophetic book, or, or just something that we read for Christians, Lord, but we read it as living today, a living word. And we pray that that would have a living, lasting effect in our lives. And we give you all the praise and the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Turn or click on your device to Matthew chapter 6. I'm just going to start in verse 6. How many know um, kind of what this particular uh chapter is about, starts out and talks about prayer. We read the very uh, infamous prayer, uh, you know, the Lord's Prayer, as we call it. But I'm not going to read out of that. I'm going to read from verse 6, Matthew chapter 6 in verse 6. And I thought maybe I would just kind of finish up and um, we had been talking about um, our series, Feel, which was knowing God, being in relationship with him. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus said, when you pray, or when you pray, enter in your closet. And when you shut the door, pray to your Father, which is in secret. And your Father, which is in secret, which seeth in secret, shall reward you openly. How many have read that many times? I love that every time I read it. And uh, how many know God is hidden in plain sight? And, and one of the things that we realize is that uh, Jesus reveals here how to find God and how to know God. How He is known. You know, someone said that God is never found accidentally. Amen. How many you know we have to seek God? We've got to, you know, inquire about God and how do we know him? And we find this place here in scripture many times it talks about prayer and it talks about seeking the Lord but it's also talking about knowing God and making him known. And there's three things I want to point out to you about this passage that we just read, and not necessarily in the the order they are in the sentence or in the in the statement, but in the emphasis that Jesus puts in this particular passage. There's three things here I just want to bring out today. Number 1, in secret. Number 2, shut the door, and number 3, in public. Three things that Jesus stated here, and again, not necessarily in the order that he said it, but I believe in the importance and the emphasis that he puts on these three things. How many love praying uh, in your prayer closet? How many love praying to the Lord, talking to God? I love that. And uh, how many love it when God speaks to you? Amen. How many believe? We believe that God speaks to us today. Amen. We're a church that believes in the word of God. We believe in And uh, so many good things, but we believe that God speaks to us. And so one of the things that just see right here that jumps out is in secret. Jesus said that when you go in your closet, shut the door, and you pray to your Father, which is in secret. One of the most important principles here Jesus is giving us, and kind of a tremendous really nugget of truth, is your Father is in secret. Did you know God's in secret? Someone said, well, God doesn't play games. Well, I have to beg to differ. I believe there's one game that he plays that's (laughs) hide-and-seek. God does that a lot of times. He goes and hides, and then He says, come find me. Come on, amen. And do I know whatever situation or circumstance you're going through, you can see God in it. Amen. And you can find the Lord and what He's doing and what He's saying in that. And I've always, it's always been interesting to me, and I've always thought about this, how amazing this is, that the God of the universe, the one that fills all in all, can be in secret. How many you know He's hidden in plain sight? He really is, isn't He? And I believe that's because one of the things is God has always been hidden from obvious view because He desires that we willingly and wholeheartedly seek after Him. Amen. There's a promise that God gives everyone, everyone, that if you seek after Him, you will find Him. How many believe that? If you seek after God with all your heart, you'll find Him, and you're going to find Him in action. He's going to reveal Himself to you. He'll make Himself known to you. And there's always this, this promise that God has that if you seek... If you knock, you're going to find, it's going to be open to you and you're going to discover God. But it's in secret. I think that's very amazing. In fact, Jesus, when he preached here on earth, he preached in parables. And the reason he said is because he wanted people to search out the meaning of those things and discover the heavenly truths about the kingdom of God. He taught in parables. He said that the, there, there's the, these things of the kingdom are hidden from the wise and the prudent of this earth. Isn't that what he said? And he even taught a a kind of a story in a scripture about it says that the kingdom of God is like a treasure, what? Hidden in a field. Romans chapter 1 says that you can just look around at creation and see that there's a God, He's hidden in plain sight. Amen. Paul was uh, writing, especially in Ephesians, he writes to the church and other other times and other places. But he says this, that the mysteries of God or the hidden wisdom of God has been made known to us as his believers. Aren't you glad that you know the mysteries of God, the hidden things? How many know, there's things, but he says that your father is in secret. I thought that was really, you know, really good, because a lot of times it's just not obvious God is never obvious. God is never maybe the popular choice, but he is the right choice, and he is nevertheless, he's there. And so a lot of people just don't see God. They don't see God in their everyday life. They don't see God and know God. Uh, Just kind of automatically, you have to seek the Lord. And Jesus said that you pray to the Father, he is in secret. Now, he says that we need to do a few things that we do in secret, and we'll get to that in a second, but he says that your Father is in secret. And so the only way that we feel and we discover in the Bible that to know his ways and understand his thoughts, it's a search for him in secret. The emphasis is finding God where God is. How many believe that? How many believe, amen, that we need to seek the Lord where God is? I don't know about you, but I want to be where God is. Amen. And so that's what he's teaching here. And so how many... memorize the Psalms ninety one. He that dwelleth in the what? Secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. In the secret place Of the Most High, God, is in secret. That's what he says, the Father is in secret. And in Matthew chapter 6, if you read this and you go all the way to verse 18 and even in the 20, you'll see that Jesus gives us, there's three very important principles he's teaching here. And he tells us about the Christian life. There's things that happen in secret. And I'm not going to share on those. I could, but I don't want to. I want to just point something else out. Number one, he talks about giving to others in secret. Let your alms be done in secret. Number two, pray to your Father in secret. And number three, fast in secret. Hey man, I don't know about you, but no, I don't. I don't really go around bag, bragging about fasting, not too much. And uh, <clears throat> but he says, do it in secret. And so why? Because God sees in secret. How many know God knows everything in secret? Before you pray prayers, God knows them. Before you think thoughts, God knows them. How many know God knows everything? And He knows the hidden things, the motives of the heart. Is that right? God knows everything. How many believe that? That God sees things in secret first. And so when you pray and nobody else hears you, how many know God hears you? How many believe that with all your heart? When you wake up in the morning nobody's up, nobody's around, you could go out in the middle of the wilderness, but God's still there. Amen. And He hears you. And we believe that. And so we, we believe that because we've experienced that. But notice this, that Jesus makes a constant comparison In this chapter. And he constantly goes back to the hypocrites. Don't do what they do. Do this instead. Don't give the way they give. Don't pray the way they pray. Don't uh, fast the way they fast. Do it another way. Why? Because he says here, even in verse 1. He says they do it to be seen of men. Is that what he says? And look in verse 1. Jesus said, when you do these things before men. He said to be seen of men. You have no reward. Your father which is in heaven, does not reward you. But then he says, if you do it in secret, God will reward you openly. Very interesting. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, one of the things Jesus says is that we're not to do these things to impress people or to be influenced by wrong motives. How many know when you pray, you can have a wrong motive? I thank you, Lord, as Jesus talks about the Pharisees, that I'm not like that guy over there. I've got my life together. He's a dirty, rotten sinner, and yet me, look at me, I'm this. And Jesus said, don't pray like that. How many know you can pray with wrong motives? You can fast with wrong motives. Yeah, I'm fasting today. What are you doing for God? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fasted three days. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. If you hang around people in this church, you know that's nothing. There's people fasting all the time here. I mean, 40 days and everything. But, you know, you think about it. Jesus said you're doing it to impress people, and you have no reward in that. But he said if you go to your Father and you seek, you give, you pray, and you fast in secret, something amazing happens, God sees it, and he rewards you openly. It's pretty interesting, isn't it, that we, we see that. And Jesus teaches us, don't do it this way, but do it this way. So the first thing we see is that God is in secret. The second thing we see is He says this, When you go into your closet, shut the door. Get alone with God. Get into your closet and shut the door is what He's saying. Spend time with God in the closet. Get alone with God, right? Now Jesus gave this example of the closet. He specifically said, Go, when you go in your closet, shut the door. Because everybody knew at that time. It was a kind of a cultural understanding. Most people had this thing in their home. It was a secret chamber or a small room or a special chamber. And Jesus was referring to this place that people keep their personal treasures, heirlooms. Or, or it was like a secret chamber uh, for storage or for privacy. And he said, when you go into that closet, I don't know if the English got the word water closet from this, but Jesus said, How many know there's times you need privacy, right? And everybody had a room in their house. Back in the day before we had the advancements of refrigeration, most houses or a lot of houses had root cellars. How many ever, maybe your grandmother, your parents, and we had a, a room in our house when we first moved in? Our house was built in 1937, and uh, the advancements of refrigeration hadn't got there yet in Williamsport. And so they had a root cellar, and that's where they would keep preservatives and, and all these things and jams and, and all those things, canning. How many remember that, right? And you could go down like a year later and eat like pork chops out of a can. It's really cool, of a jar, right? And, uh, and, and they keep these canned goods in there. But now, so Jesus was referring to a room like that. that everybody understood what it was. But Jesus said, like, that was a type of getting away with God. And so it represented three things. It represented intimacy, privacy, and safety. How many know with Jesus we have safety? How many know when you get into his presence, there's safety? How many have ever felt that? I mean, it's crazy out there. You're going nuts. I mean, things are going, you know, and you just said, Lord, I just get in your presence today, and you've kind of felt like a warm, calming sensation or whatever, or just felt the hand of God. How many, anybody? And you just felt safe. Amen. The Bible says that when we get into the, the presence of God, is like being hid in that cleft of the rock, like Moses was. There's safety there. Amen. When an animal seeks safety and shelter in a rock, you know, from a storm, there's safety there. He said that's what it's like when you're in the presence of God. There's safety there, and there's intimacy and privacy. And Jesus talking about that. And so God is in the secret place. And that's what Jesus is saying. God is in the secret place. He's not in pop, pop culture. He's not in the systems of the world. He's in the secret place. You know, you can go to a mountain high, you know, somewhere in the, in the Middle East, and you can do this and go up to, you know, you won't find him in Jerusalem. Amen, right? He's not, that's not where it is. He's in the secret place, Jesus said. Your Father, which is in secret. How many know that's why it's important that we tell people about Jesus, because he's hiding in plain sight? <laughs> if they'll just seek him, they'll know him if their just heart will just turn to him Jesus said he that confess with their mouth and believe with their heart they will be saved amen and so that's what it's about is knowing God and making him known shut the door he says Jesus said when you get in your closet shut the door behind you that means to get away and it means to, there's a separation it really means to just unplug Jesus is saying if he'd say today he said look just get off the grill for a grid for a minute grill get off the grid for a few minutes. yeah some of us need to stay off the grill but anyways especially at Burger King. Anyways, the grid, and he's saying just separate yourself. Keep out distractions. Shut the door. How many know sometimes you just unplug with God? I I love technology. I I mean, every morning I'm on, you know, searching this and listening to that and looking up scriptures and everything. I love that. But how many know sometimes you just got to unplug? And it's just got to be you and God. Amen. Just keep your phone out out of that room. Just keep your your turn your phone off, or or your computer, or device, or TV, or whatever. Just get away with God. Just shut everything else out and get away with God. Amen. How many know that still works? That's still powerful. Amen. And so he's saying this: keep out distractions. You know, in First Corinthians, I believe it's in chapter seven. Uh, Paul is addressing the church there and he's talking about relationships and he's talking about marriage and singleness. And one of the things that he says, whether you're married or whether you're, si- you're single, I believe it's in verse 35, he says, Serve the Lord without distractions. Isn't that amazing how relationships can be distracting? How many know even a good relationship can distract you from God? Amen. So he said, Serve the Lord without distractions. Get away from these distractions. And, and Jesus even said that the enemy... Likes to do this. This is how the enemy moves. And he said to Peter, he said, he wants to have you, but he wants to separate you from God. He wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to get you away from, come on, he wants to have a diversion in your life, Peter, that you get away from the will of God, from your relationship with God, from other people, from fellowship. And that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, that's how the enemy works. And let me go a little step further there where the devil really can play a role in distractions. How many believe that the devil can play a role in distraction? Now, if, you, if you're on YouTube for six hours watching funny videos, I don't know if that's the devil or just you. But nevertheless, you're distracted, right? All right. But I, mean, I believe he can. And, and going into a little bit further, the devil really is a master of lies, the Bible says, and deception. And, and, and one of the things that he can do if he can't destroy you, he could probably divert your attention or detour you. And that's what Jesus said that Peter about Peter's life. The devil wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to separate you. He wants to have there, let there be a diversion in your life to the will of God. Is that Right. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, every good illusionist knows, every musician or, or uh, magician or, I don't know what my words are today. Magician or illusionist knows that one of the, 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 the things you have to have is you've got to have this, this, you've got to be really good at misdirection. So while you're over here doing this trick, look at this card over here, you're kind of doing this, right? The next thing you know, it's like, whoa, how did that get there? well, when you weren't paying attention to this, he slipped it over here, right? How many know that? I think that's kind of the devil does that and the enemy wants to do that in our lives. Just kind of divert your attention, distract you and get your attention over here so that you really don't understand the reality of God in your life. Well, that's what the devil does. But how many know God wants us to shut the door? He wants us to... I mean, get to that place where we're living without distraction. That's one of the truths that Jesus brings out. The third thing I like that Jesus brings out about this, and he says this. He says that your Father will reward you openly in public. Now, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? So, Because this, this teaching really brings out these truths. It really brings out a couple things. And Jesus even talked about the three things that they do. that give in secret, pray in secret, and fast in secret. And when we give in secret, God's blessings will be seen of all. That's what... That's what Jesus is saying. When we pray and, and we, we we give, we pray, or we fast, the answers will materialize before everybody. I mean, the breakthrough comes. People begin to see the miracles in public. Someone said that the prayers in private uh, will, will result in miracles in public. Wow, really good. Amen? And that's what Jesus is teaching. He said, what you ever do in private, God's going to do it in public. Wow, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Think about that. Now, and one of the things I've, i looked at that and said, is, OK, God, now, why would you condemn people for doing things in public? And yet then you turn around and say that you're going to do it in public. I mean, why would you tell me to pray in secret and not in public, but then you're going to reward me in public? Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because God wants to be seen. So it is not about you that it's about him so that people be pointed to Jesus and not you. See, when you, when you make a big deal like the Pharisees did about how much you're fasting, everybody thinks you're the one that brought the miracles. You're the one that brought the answer to prayer. You're the one that made it happen. But how many know when we do it in secret and we're just saying, God, I need you. I don't need anybody else right now. I need you. I don't want anybody else to see. I just need you. Come on. When we do that, the Bible says things happen in public. God rewards us. Openly. Now, I know a lot of Christians feel uncomfortable with that word, rewarding. Well, I'm not living for a reward. There's no way I'm living for a reward. Oh, yes, we are. We want a reward in this life. We want paid for what we do. We want drive, drive cool cars. We want to do this. We want good retirement. We want rewarded in this life. I mean, if we, we, I mean we, we should be really desiring what Paul desired, and that is to be rewarded in the next life. To be rewarded by God. I mean, how many believe that to be rewarded by God is way better than to be rewarded by your boss? God can pay way better than any boss can. Amen. God can bless way more than anybody else can. Amen. Is that right? And so he said, this is what we're doing. We're actually thinking about this. I'm going to pray in private so that in openly, in public, there's going to be an answer to my prayers. That's amazing, isn't it? And so, just giving and praying and fasting in secret— one of the things it, does, it doesn't do—it does not translate into living the rest of your Christian life in secret. There's something that God says that the truth is never to be hidden. The truth is the Bible says that you're a light, you're a, a city set on a hill. How many know your Christian life is never to be in secret? Well, I just don't want anybody to know I'm a Christian, so I'm going to be a secret agent. I've heard people say that I'm a secret agent at my work. Well, you know, I found out that secret agents usually turn into be double agents. <laughs> so God's never really called you to be a secret agent for Him. Come on, somebody. Amen. God wants to reveal to other people how good He is. God wants to use your life that, that people look and say, Wow, you, you have an answer to prayer. Your fasting brought a breakthrough in miracles. Why? Because He wants to get the glory. He wants to get the attention. So the, the attention, the glory, and, and all that, and the, and the popularity will go to Him. I mean, no, we don't do it before men to receive, amen, recognition from men. We do it before God so that people recognize God. That's what Jesus said. And that's what he's bringing here. And he's saying in public, this is amazing, that God is going to reward you in public. Amazing. Think about it. Preaching the gospel, witnessing, signs and wonders, good works, praise and worship. These are all things that God intended that people will see through your life. God never intended the truth to be quiet and things of the kingdom kept kept to ourselves. I mean, Jesus said that believers are like that shining city. Think about it. On a hill that cannot be hid. Because he receives the glory and we point people to Jesus. I like to say this, that God is in secret but reveals himself in public through people that seek him. God wants to reveal himself in public through people that seek him. Are you ready to be that type of person? Are you ready to be that person that people see God through your life? Well, then we've got to do some things in secret. Let your, let your prayers be in secret. Let your giving be in secret. Go, don't go around bragging how much you gave to people and how much you did. Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's pretty amazing. That's, that's, how, that's how, fl, how fluent and of a person, of a giving person you are and how generous you are. Jesus said, it's natural to you, but you don't bring attention to yourself. I mean, there's too many Christians bringing attention to themselves today. Amen. Jesus said, don't do that. Don't be. And Jesus called those kind of people hypocrites. He said, they don't have a reward. But he said, you've got a reward. Now, many people think, well, my reward is in heaven. If I just pray and pray and pray and give, 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 my reward's in heaven. Yes. But here's the good thing. Your reward is also here on earth. Why? Because God wants to use your life, people, to see the goodness of God in your life. Amen. And that's what Jesus is teaching here today in this lesson. And so it's, just, just about God. it's not just about God blessing you. It's not about God just answering your prayers or doing miracles through your lives. It's about God getting the glory, the attention, and the recognition so that other people will see Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what it's about, isn't it? One of the things I wanted to share about making God known and that the, really that public display of God in your life is found in Acts chapter 17. And Paul's testimony, his very own testimony experience in Acts 17. Let me just go through this quickly. And that is, Paul was in Athens. And at one point, he was waiting to meet up with other Christians to continue on his missionary journey. But he had to wait in Athens for a day or two. And the Bible says that as he was waiting and praying, that he began to see that uh, the whole city, the Bible says his heart was stirred within him. Like, I believe he was troubled when he saw that the whole city was given over to idolatry think about it the whole city and I thought man that's pretty amazing maybe he just went to the you know the strip where they just were kind of like the real popular things are going on in town but he said the whole city Athens was a place and I began to dig a little bit into Acts 17 and you can do your homework and do this too but Athens was really a place where they uh, really kind of uh, really excelled in idol worship, meaning that, and really, what happened was, is that Athens became this place, this hub, uh, really of this public debate and a uh, philosophy and religion. And in fact, in Athens, they actually had a council, and uh, that actually was a legal council, and they investigated and talked about spiritual and philo- philosophical ideas. That's all they did. They sat around, and that's all they did. But they had idols and idols and idols. One of the things they did is they were to really um, kind of defend the Greek concept of all the gods. And so they really upheld that. And there was actually a legal council. So if you didn't agree with them, you were actually brought before this council. Think about it. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So they sat around, debated about other religions and everything. And and, uh, it was a legal council. And that place was called, um, uh, really originally, it was called Ares Rock, the god Ares, the Greek god Ares, his rock or Mars Hill. And so as as he's going to this place, Paul not only is going and he's going into the market and he's going all over and he's checking out who has the the, the best gyros there. But one of the things he was doing is he, he went into the public place where they were debating all these philosophies, all these religions, and they were kind of going back and forth. And here's what Paul did. He responded this way in verse 22 of Acts 17. The Bible says that Paul stood up in the meeting place. In the middle of the council, and he said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at the objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription To the unknown God. And then he, so you are. Ignorant in, in the very thing you worship, Paul said. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you in verse 24. The God who made the whole world, everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he need anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Verse 26. And from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And here's a key verse. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he be not far from any one of us. Isn't that amazing? He said this in front of that council. And then he goes on and he quotes, two quotes, from very popular, very famous philosophers. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of our own poets have said, your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And so Paul goes in and he tied the uh, Athenian search for truth to the reality of the gospel. And his message was this, that the God that you claim to be worshiping is still unknown to you, but he, he can be known to you if you will seek him. How many know there's a lot of people that are worshiping the unknown God? And they're worshiping all these other things, and they need to know the God of heaven. How many know He has a name? Come on, this unknown God has a name. His name is Jesus. Amen. And people need to know, amen, like Paul, that there is a way that you can find God. You can seek God. You can actually know Him personally through Jesus Christ. So Paul begins to show them that in this, you know, one of the things that God showed Paul that in the secret place, remember he was in prayer in Athens, and in the secret place he saw the the condition of people's hearts, and in, then in public he declared the truth, and God revealed Himself through Paul. The Bible says many people believed; some other people were very confused, but the Bible says many people believed on the words that Paul spoke because he really used their search for truth. To teach and reach them with the reality of the gospel. How many know God wants to make himself known to people? Come on, through you. And so, one of the things that your prayers in secret, God wants to reward you openly. Now, many times we think of that as a selfish thing. I'm going to get something from God. Well, what if God just wanted to reveal himself to your neighbors just to reach them? Would you allow God to do that in your life? What if you didn't get an increase in pay, but God wanted to use your life just to reach somebody else? Is that all right? Amen. And so Paul did this. And so he said, there's a way that we can know God, and that is to seek after him. And he said this, that he is not far from every, any one of us. That we'll seek after him and find him. Amen. I love that about Paul's message. In Colossians chapter 1, if you want to just click there, turn there, it says this. Colossians 1, Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, though that, those that don't know God, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus.'" That doesn't mean morally perfect, morally correct. That means spiritually acceptable to God, that everyone will get saved. How many you know that's what the Lord is doing in our lives? But I want to encourage you that God is in secret. Go to your closet, shut the door, keep out distractions, search, you know, seek the Lord with all your heart, and God's going to do something amazing in the open. In public, He wants to use your life. He wants to use the things in your life, the prayers of your life, the giving in your life, the fasting, all the things that we do, the worship. God wants to use that to be a sign to other people. That He's real, that we can know Him, that other people can know Him. You know, we act like sometimes that it's a secret. Well, I can't tell you, you, you don't know God. I, I can't let you in on that secret. You'll just have to come to church and find out. How I many you know you don't need to come to church to find God? There's a lot of people that come to church and they don't find God. But how many know God is wherever you search for Him, wherever your closet is, wherever you say, Lord, I want to search for you and seek out you, Lord? How many believe that God's going to reveal Himself to people this year? How many are praying that God's going to show Himself to your neighbors and your family and your friends, those that need the Lord, that don't understand? Maybe people that maybe you get in debates with and arguments with and discussions about the Bible I'd say, Lord, I, I, if there's something moving in my life, working in my life, I want them to see you in my life. I want you to see them. I want them to see the goodness of Jesus in my life, the prayers being answered, the alms that I'm getting. All these things, Lord, I want it to point to you, that you get the glory that they can find you. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. How many know our Father is in secret? Let's stand on our feet today. Amen. Again, if God is in secret, if he's, he's this God that's hiding Himself in plain sight, then where do we find Him? Well, as we said, it's not necessarily in church. It's Not in other religions. It's not in world systems. It's not in this unconscious state of mind coming to this uh, illumination of the mind that you find God. It's It's not in Jerusalem. A lot of people think, if I just go to a holy city, if I just go to the mountaintop, if I just go to where the gurus are, I'll find Jesus. But how many know you can find Him right where you are today, just by seeking Him? Lord, I want to know who you are. Maybe today that you're here listening online, you don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe you're away from Him, and you lost your way. And you say, Lord, I haven't been... In your presence for a long time. I haven't talked to you for a long time, but I wanna come back today, Lord. I know that it's not in a church building, it's not in a it's not in money, and it's not in materialism, it's not in other relationships, it's in just coming to you. And I come to you today, Lord, just as I am, the way I am right now. Lord, I, I don't know if you even Even think about people like me. But I thank you, Lord, that your grace and your mercy makes a way for me. People like me that have messed up, that have fallen, that have, Lord, that have just even cursed your name and said that I would never serve you. God, I thank you that you make a way for people like me. And if that's you today, you just need to say, Lord, here I am. I want to find you. I just seek after you. It's not like you've got to give all this money and walk on glass and prove yourself and do all these feats of strength. How many know you just need to seek Him? Say, Lord, I just seek You. I want to know You. I believe in You. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. You've done that yourself. And when you find Him, the Bible says, and you seek Him, He's one prayer away. That's just how close it is. That's what Jesus is saying. He's just one whisper away. He's just one word away. He's one prayer away. Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, I love you. How many know He's just one prayer away? Amen. And your Father, which is in secret, will reward you openly. Amen. I, want to, I want to just want to encourage you today. Keep praying. Keep praying for your loved ones. Keep praying for those that don't know the Lord. Keep praying for those that are sick. Don't give up. Believe God for the impossible. Above everything that seems crazy, we can still believe God for the impossible. How many believe that? Amen. Don't give up on giving and being generous and giving your alms and giving to the poor and giving to other people. Amen. As Jesus said, don't give up on fasting and worship and all those things. Keep pressing in. Because I believe that when you keep pressing in, God's going to reveal Himself publicly. How many believe that the prayers in private will be a result of the the miracles in public? Amen. God's going to do it publicly. God's going to do a lot of things, good things, in publicly. But I want to encourage you as a Christian today that as Paul went into the situation, he didn't go around condemning people for worshiping all these idols. He used the language that they understood so that they could seek God and understand God. And I believe that for us as Christians, we need to throw out the lifeline to people. How many believe that. How many know what a lifeline is on a boat? Come on, that big round thing, right? That thing that floats in water and you just people are drowning. You throw that out. I believe we need to throw the lifeline out. Christians, you need to stop throwing out the anchor. People don't need an anchor. They need a lifeline. Amen? And so with our words and with our actions, we need to throw out the lifeline to people and say, hey amen, this is who Jesus is. You can find him so easily. Just He's one prayer away, he's one whisper away, he's one word away, and he'll reveal himself to you. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, "That's how I found Jesus." Amen. Come on, that's how I found. I just I just prayed and said, "Lord, I believe in you. I trust you. I receive you." Amen. Can we keep our hands up this morning and just pray for those that we love, that we love, we're concerned about, that we know, that need the Lord today? Lord, I thank you for those that you put in my life that I've crossed their path they've crossed my path lord i pray today that you would use me like paul that i would be able to communicate the gospel in such a way that they would want to seek after you that they would lord see you and they they would i would point them to you that's what i want lord that you would be glorified that i wouldn't be seen but you would be seen lord i pray that they would find you right now in the life that they're living the lifestyle the condition the Everything, Lord, where they're at, I pray that, Lord, you would reveal yourself to them. I thank you, Lord, that you can reveal yourself, whether it's in a jail cell, whether it's in a, a, it doesn't matter where, but, Lord, you can reveal yourself to people that seek you. And I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, all those that I'm praying for, all those that I'm concerned about, all those that are on my VIP list, I thank you, Lord, you care for them more than I do. You love them with an everlasting love. Your grace is available for them. Your forgiveness has been made available to them. I pray that as they seek you, Lord, the door of salvation would open to them. I thank you and I give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen and amen. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. We want to just talk with you or love on you a little bit. We're right here at the front. We have people that are coming. We'll pray with you. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we'd love to meet you. Someone will be around to greet you. There's some coffee in the back and maybe some information about our church. For the rest of us, God bless you. Amen. Have a great week.